0: Welcome to Sorry I Can't, Don't Hate Me. I'm Megan. And I'm Kristen. And this is our new podcast about Sex and the City. So just to be clear, this is not a Sex and the City fan podcast. It's also not a hate podcast, Um, but it is an episode review podcast. So we will be starting from the very beginning of the Sex and the City series and going on a journey through the entire series, every episode. Probably the movies. We might even do a couple of um, in-person tours. (laughs) Um, We'll see. Uh, So each week we will watch an episode. Uh, We'll go in chronological order. We'll give an episode recap, discuss our opinions on what we've just seen. And we will provide a rating of the episode at the end for its two main factors. We'll be rating sex and we will be rating the city for each episode. Uh, Our opinions may be funny, They may be controversial, they may be weird, we just have to see. Yeah, and I think before we kick off, just a quick warning to the audience of literally zero, but we will have an audience soon. And growing,
1: zero and growing. Zero and
0: growing. (laughs) There will be major spoilers if you have somehow not yet seen this show that is now 24 years old. No offense, but that's on you at this point. Um, But I myself have also not seen all of the episodes, so... We will be coming through the weeds for each episode in depth. So if you've not seen it, but you want to follow along with us, we recommend you stop the podcast, watch the episode, and then rejoin to hear our commentary. Today, we are starting at the very beginning, Sex and the City, season one, episode one, episode titled Sex and the City.
1: (laughs) Very creative. Uh,
0: I know. We love it. Uh, Before we kick things off, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. Um, Kristen, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself,
1: your experience with the show, and your New York credentials? I am a 13-year New Yorker and I am also a woman and get the pronouns out of the way now. I'm, we are both she, her, hers. Oh yeah, that's important. Lived in Brooklyn, born in Long Island. So I say I'm a lifelong New Yorker. Okay. Love New York. I'm married. I've been in a relationship the entire time that I've lived in New York with the same person. Um, and <laughs> Megan and I have been friends in New York. We met in... The- we met in There, no, 2015, I want to say. in we New did. York? We sure did. Um, I think that's... And I didn't realize, I thought this series started much later. I didn't realize it started in ninety eight. 1998. For some reason, I thought I was in high school when it started. I am not that old. Um, you were almost in high school though, right? I was in middle that, school. You would have been like um, almost 14 when it came out, right? Yes. So I was about to go into high school. Um, was not allowed to watch it originally, but by the time I we went to college, it was huge. And I was a fashion merchandising major during the series finale. So I feel like, well, I was never a fan. I feel like I've probably seen every episode and I know every plot line of the show. So it's interesting to go back and this is my first time watching it through. Okay. All
0: right. This is exciting. Okay. So my New York credentials. I lived in New York from 2013 to early 2019. So I was there almost six years, but I spent like most of my 20s in New York. So it was a very, um, formative time. And even though I haven't lived in New York for like three years now, I still very much identify with, um, New York in a lot of ways. Um, definitely still have a little bit of the New York attitude, I would say. Um, I I mostly lived in Brooklyn, but I did have one frighteningly bad year in Manhattan. My first year, I lived with a lot of roommates. It was unpleasant, Um, but it got much better after I moved to Brooklyn. I... Was single most of the time I was in New York. Um, I had like one relationship that was like a year, but then there was all this like other crap with that. So it was more like two years, really just messy. Um, so I dated a lot in New York and again, generally unpleasant. Um, but I think that's just dating everywhere. I don't think that's, I mean, New York pretty.
1: Bad. Also since leaving New York have lived in LA and now...
0: Chicago, Chicago
1: so yes. you can and dating in both cities so you can bring some perspective yes if ma- Manhattan men really are just unlike any other men
0: uh you know they
1: are they I'm, are distinct I'm,
0: they are distinct <laughs> I will be able to bring that perspective I am very excited to hear that. our podcast um my relationship with sex in the city I was seven years old when the first episode came out. Not even. I was about to turn seven because it came out June sixth. I turned seven June thirtieth. So I was a fresh little baby when it came out. Very much not allowed to watch it. Of course, I also don't think we had HBO when I was that age. So no, no resources to watch it either. Um, but throughout the years, I've seen like episodes here and there. I know like the general kind of uh I don't I don't know is there really a plot besides just I
1: I know the general that's that's what's really interesting there's not a lot of through lines through the season right right I feel like from
0: the episodes that I did see here and there um it was not like very like you didn't have to watch every episode to like know everything that was going on right Um, so I saw I would see episodes here and there like at a friend's place or something uh and I somehow managed to see the movie um (laughs) I think it was on an airplane um and then I think on that same flight I might have tried to watch the second movie but I fell asleep because I don't really know anything about the second movie. I think there's something with Dubai in it or something. That's yeah. all I know. That is all the information I have on the second movie. And then there is the new reboot of Sex in the City, which I have watched those episodes. There's only a few so far. Um, but I think that was kind of how we got on the subject of the show in general and got the idea for the podcast. So it's very interesting after watching this first episode compared to like the movie and like the other yeah. episodes that I've randomly seen that must have been from like later seasons, just because the production quality was like generally better. Um, so I can only assume, um, but yeah. So that being said, I know the general kind of characteristics of the people um you know Miranda's the like smart neurotic one Charlotte I don't really know what her deal is she's just kind of bland Does she's, she have the one. Oh, she's the romantic Oh, the
1: romantic she's basically the
0: more traditional one okay I see um Carrie is like the flirt and then um and also a writer living the dream She's of the New wacky York. artistic one sure 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 and then um Samantha's obviously like the sex goddess one. And I have to say, after watching this first episode, she looked good. Yeah, I was like, wow, Kim Cattrall, you looked amazing in 1998. (laughs) She still looks great, but she looked really fucking good then. Um, So yeah, those are our credentials um, with the New York experience and um, just the, the show in general. So I think what we're going to do next is we're going to say what character we felt like we were this week. Um, This can change from week to week, just depending on what's happening. I will go ahead and say that I think I was a Samantha this week, not like a sex fiend or anything, but like (laughs) I feel like I had the Samantha confidence this week, like, you know, had some good work things going on, secured a date, Um, was overall just feeling pretty good, Um, and Samantha seems like the happiest and most stable of the group, in my opinion,
1: Uh, so I would say I was a Samantha this week. Nice. I think I am a Carrie this week, mostly because... My apartment, since coming back from the holidays and kind of being in COVID quarantine, is a mess, and her apartment in this episode is also notably very messy, um, so a hard relate to that. Okay, yeah, no, my, my apartment is also messy. Not, not like mine. Weekend's, weekend's,
0: so. <laughs> I don't know. It's not good shape right now, but it will be. Alrighty. Let's jump in to the recap of the episode. The show starts out, Carrie is typing away, doing her little writer in New York thing from her home, doing the work from home life before that was really, you know, what it is today. <laughs> and um, she tells a little anecdote about a woman named Elizabeth. Elizabeth has just moved to New York from London. Uh, She meets some guy. They have like a whirlwind fantasy, you know, two week relationship basically. He's like taking her to see apartments. He asks her to like meet his mom and then he ghosts her. A very relatable New York experience, I would say. Although no one ever asked me to meet their mom, but (laughs) we'll get to that later. Uh, So, we have that. And then basically from there, Carrie is going on like a bit of a monologue, I would say, um, about just why dating in New York is terrible, how there's a ton of single, beautiful, professional women. And for some reason, all of the good men are just taken or terrible. And then they do like this kind of thing where they like, um, Get different people's like POVs on like why women are single, etc. Uh, we've got the Toxic Bachelor. There's like a couple of them that they're just like interviewing at a gym
1: of rock. Oh no, there was
0: one person at a rock climbing gym. There were it multiple. Was, gyms. I think
1: it. I think it was just like one or two guys, and they were just doing different workouts. Maybe I watched it twice, it and those guys were so unremarkable. I. I it may have Yeah, I was guys. just like,
0: first of all, all of your opinions are wrong, and second of all no one cares that you're into fitness. And then they're also kind of, um, panning in on like the different gals in the group. So I don't think they actually did it with Samantha, but Miranda basically is like men are awful, et cetera, et cetera. Charlotte is like, you know, being romantic, whatever, unrealistic kind of, I think that's like the wrapping up of her, her article or piece or whatever. And then we see them at um, dinner for Miranda's birthday. They don't specify which birthday, but 30-something birthday. And while they're at this dinner, they decide that, well, all of them except Charlotte, um, they decide that they are going to kind of take control um, and instead sex of sex like a
1: man.
0: Yeah. Instead of love seeking sex- love, they're going to throttle power. I think that's what they said exactly. Oh, wow. Um, yes. They're going to throttle power and have sex like a man. So, my understanding of that is just sex with no commitment, um, you know, just casual and not giving a shit. The next scene that I recall, she's getting lunch with her friend Stanford who is like her iconic um, gay best friend that I feel like was very essential in this time period. While they're at lunch, Carrie sees, um, I guess you could call him an ex, but it seems like they were never really in a relationship, but someone she had previously seen on several occasions throughout her 20s, uh, Kurt Harrington. And I don't think they had the verbiage for this yet, but Kit Harington is, like a real fuck
1: boy. I mean, he, would you be into a guy that could smoke a cigarette and blow smoke out of his nose? Is that you know, a thing? <laughs>
0: um, the out of the nose you know, thing is also like, as someone who has smoked uh, cigarettes, like that seems really unpleasant, even for a smoker. Yeah, so she sees him at the bar. She goes up to him. She decides she's going to try this little experiment. They um, set up a rendezvous time. Basically, he goes down on her, and then he's like, hey, it's my turn. And she was like, nope, bye, and leaves. So a real power move. Love that for her. Um, Also, oh, wait, I forgot the most important part. When she is leaving Kurt, the fuck boy's house, um... She runs into Mr. Big, she spills her purse everywhere. She runs into Mr. Big, he helps her pick all her stuff up. And it's like, oh, interesting. And it was interesting for me because I didn't realize Mr. Big was introduced so soon. I thought he was like a later season edition, but apparently not. So anyway, that all happens. She sets Miranda up with Skipper and his whole thing is that he's too nice Whatever, give me a fucking break. But um, she she decides to set Miranda up with him, which
1: is cruel friend, to both of them. Yeah. As Why a friend, would she do I think that? it's really
0: rude. I, I will, do
1: not understand yeah. that plot point. And
0: then they go on a date to some bar slash club that truly looks it's chaos terrified. it's called chaos
1: Megan. I know I it's know it's like and tears where everybody knows your name but they'll likely forget it yeah <laughs> that was what she said that was exactly what I she know heard. yeah so bad um it looked truly
0: terrible and also the thing that I thought was interesting about this scene was like, they really were trying to make it look like, oh, New York's such a small place because she runs into her fuck buddy, her now fuck buddy, Kurt. And then she also runs into Mr. Big. And I'm assuming that they planned to see Samantha and Miranda and Skipper, but- those yeah, two, I think she says the
1: that end. they were all going to chaos.
0: Okay. Got it. Oh my God, it was called chaos. You said chaos before, but I thought you were just saying the environment. No, it's called You're chaos. You're right, the bar was called chaos. So they run into all these people. Meanwhile, while they're all at chaos, Charlotte is on a date with um, a man named Capote. Was that his name? Something like yeah. that. Um, they have a you know seemingly nice date, and then he he tries to put the moves on, and Samantha's like, "No," and she's like, "I have to go." And then they're leaving. They get in a cab. Um, and <laughs> And he's like, Oh, where are you going? He's like, okay, I'm going right by there. And he goes to chaos so that he can go find someone to hook up with because Charlotte won't have sex with him. And I think he literally says, I'm trying to have sex tonight. Sorry. So, you know, a little bit of a rude wake up for Charlotte. So anyway, back to chaos. Um, Samantha sees Mr. Big also, and she's like, Oh my God, that's you know i don't think they say his name i think that is a whole thing and the whole series is they never say his name um that is so and so he's like the new donald trump Donald <laughs> trump but younger donald trump but younger it was something like that yeah. yeah he was compared to donald trump though um a comment that does
1: not translate well these days but no, my very- husband was in the room for that comment. And he literally just like stopped in his tracks and was like, yeah, Ew. I'm like,
0: <laughs> that is like a literally the last thing I want any man to be in my life. But okay. Uh, so Samantha's trying to like hit on Mr. Big. She's doing some like real sexy cigar stuff.
1: Oh, it was so cringy. It was was so, so I had to look away.
0: It was very cringy. Um, cringy. She tries to go home with him. Mr. Big's like, I'm going to respectfully decline. Uh, He was classy about it though. He was classy about it. And then at some point in the night, Samantha runs into Capote, Charlotte State, and then they go home together. And then Carrie leaves the bar to go home. It is in the small hours of the morning, unclear in what time it is. She's trying to get a cab, can't get a cab, which is such a like old school New York problem now that like Uber oh, yeah. exists. I know. Right? Very funny. <laughs> then she's like, I guess I'm just going to walk home. But who pulls up and his black car service? But Mr. Big, and probably isn't a black car service, probably his private driver, since he's the, the younger Donald Trump um yeah and he drives her home while they're in the car they talk about her job and everything and she's like yeah I'm a sexual anthropologist and basically is like I'm trying to do this and that sex with no strings and he's like I've never done that and she's like really and then he says sounds like you've never been in love and then she gets out of the car to leave. But before she leaves, she taps on the window and she says, hey, have you ever been in love? And he gives her this like very sexy look. And he goes, this is the last line of the show. This is gold. I hope you guys are ready for this. Abso-fucking-lutely.
1: And then uh, he rolls up the window I love and it. leaves. And that is and then, the no, first episode. Forgetting- the oh. last scene is freeze frame Carrie's reaction and it fades away. Uh, uh, Gotta love uh, the freeze success. frame. Yes. So that was the episode. Kind of
0: first thoughts were like when the like intro even panned in. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like very of the time Um, yeah it's very Carrie centric like they have everyone else's names coming up but it's like still just Carrie walking down New York she's seeing like all of these iconic New York things like the Chrysler building and the Empire State Building and the Brooklyn Bridge and whatever else that was really uh interesting it felt almost like a little bit of a time capsule of like when that was kind of the style
1: I was surprised by how old it made me feel like we've got people smoking indoors the the phones the landline phones that they're using just the overall vibe of it was yeah or trying to catch a cab I was like wow this was a long time ago
0: I know I know and like even the quality of the video I was like oh this looks so old and like yeah, I mean, it is old. It's from 1998. I like think it's over 20 years old now. So, yeah, I mean, it was okay. interesting. The first the other thing was like with her story, um her anecdote about Elizabeth or whatever. What was the <laughs> like, point of
1: that? That it was, was such a weird way to kick off a series. Right. It was I think the point was And
0: maybe I'm wrong, but I thought the point was to be like, look how hard it is to date in New York, even for like the most beautiful, interesting women, Um, which I can relate to. It's kind of a dumpster fire out there. But my first thought also was like, this woman's accent is not British. Same.
1: same. (laughs) I was like, okay. She said she moved from London, but then I actually watched this episode twice. And the second time, Carrie specifically says a British woman. Yeah, <laughs> I looked and it up. The actress is Australian. she's from Australia. I that was so, like what I was
0: thinking as well. I was like, she doesn't sound British, but not at that all. Just like it goes to show like how dumb they think that we as viewers are in and the, 90s like, oh, in the 90s.
1: like, you still had to take like a steamer boat if you were going across the country. I, <laughs> I guess <laughs> nobody's ever been to Australia, they won't. Oh my gosh, yeah, that. I was
0: just like, what that is an Australian accent, but okay. <gasps> i will say okay so i have never gone to visit apartments with people after two weeks of dating but that is a very new york thing like my one of my roommates when i lived in manhattan literally was dating some guy who already had a girlfriend and then (laughs) they broke up obviously and she started dating some other guy immediately afterwards. And he moved in like less than a month later. And she didn't even ask. She was just like, hey, he's moving in. And wow. there's so many just like stories like that, like of, of people, because rent is so expensive in New York, just like moving in together immediately. So I was like, I haven't experienced that personally, but that feels right.
1: Even if he makes about $2 million a year. So- what what's the what's the need there? That's really the only the only qualifications we get about this guy is he's respected, he's well respected, and he makes about two mil a year, and therefore great catch, because that's right. uh, I mean, that's my it issue. It seems with like show. he's
0: close with his family because he he puts out that little tidbit like you should meet mm-hmm. my mother. Oh my god, give me a break! Please don't meet people's mothers like after two after weeks. two weeks.
1: Don't but they share some intimate secret.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. I that whole thing was like weird, but it was weird. relatable in a way, like relatable in a way. And then basically, there was that whole like narrative. Then like, this girl's new to New York and she doesn't
1: know how things work here.
0: And I thought that was a little silly, but
1: that was very condescending. She says, "In in London, looking at real estate with someone means something."
0: Right, right, right. That was like, um, very interesting. Okay, so in this anecdote, she meets a man at an art gallery and carries like the classic way to meet people in New York. I just have to say, I have not once met a
1: man at an art gallery. Not once. Ever since the dating apps took off, the art gallery meeting. I don't know if that was ever real though. I feel like that was always
0: just like a TV thing. Like, that's how you meet men, by being interested in art. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say?
1: I was just going to share my overall impression of this episode. Having seen it before, but I I couldn't tell you when or what I thought of it at the time. I was surprised by how, I don't know if it's a, first of all, it's insane. This episode was a love letter to cigarettes. Oh my God, the smoking. It was yeah, everybody to me just must smell awful. Yeah. But yeah. And were smoking yikes. I was surprised by how many times I <laughs> screamed out about something just horrible that they were saying. Oh my god. This whole episode. Not not a whole lot happened except some terrible comments yeah really very much
0: does not happen um also i hated the breaking the
1: fourth wall thing like oh it was so cringy i, was like, I think stop. they drop i i'm be- pretty they sure I, mean, I know to. they drop it but i think i don't even think that makes it to the second episode good because it was that terrible. was just a
0: pilot oh my god i was like so embarrassed watching it like oh why are you doing this um <laughs> I did like the toxic bachelor's name. I was like, yeah, I should bring that back. That's literally just most men. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. There was also, I forgot, she told a story about um, her 41 year old friend who had a breakdown because she was
1: single and then she She couldn't work and lost. And and she was 41 and she couldn't date, no more dates. You yeah. could find anyone to date you when you were 41. I mean, oh, it was on.
0: like, uh, oh. it was very cringy. Like I kind of get what they were trying to do there. They were like trying to basically be like, oh, the top, the clock is ticking for, um, for women dating in New York. Cause like biological clocks and shit like that but I just felt like we don't have to tell a horror story about someone having a breakdown because she's single and 40 like 41 I should say like that's so gross yeah
1: people can be single and
0: happy and not have a breakdown I did
1: not like that and at the beginning then they're at Miranda's birthday party Carrie says in her voiceover another birthday for a 30-something, we'd all be happier with a congratulatory conference call. So you'd rather just be at home? Like, Nice. You don't enjoy your your friend's company? Like, that's pretty rude. That is a little bit
0: rude. Oh, the other thing, I don't remember if Carrie said this or if Miranda said this. It seems like something Miranda would say, but it might have been part of Carrie's little quote-unquote article, that most men are threatened by successful women, I do actually agree with that. I think that one still holds true a little bit. Like, not as badly as it was back then, Yeah. but, like, I have definitely had, like, my own experiences and had other like single female friends that are like super successful and beautiful and amazing. And they just like are dating these guys that are total scrubs and they can't handle it with their ego. Um so I did kind of agree with that, although I think it was probably a little bit overstated. Person I want to talk about is Skipper. Yeah. So number one, what I need to clear up is cause you have many times equated someone in my life to Scooter who was someone that Miranda dated. I got the name
1: wrong. (laughs) This is not the last verse of (laughs) Skipper. There's no way that
0: she dates a Skipper and a Scooter. Okay (laughs) I wanted to clear that up because that would be too much frankly. He do not like him. Um, His, like, weird power move, like, kiss to be like, hey, I'm not such a nice guy. Everything about him was like, oh, potential incel. I don't like this. Like, I'm a nice guy and no
1: one likes me because I'm nice. When most guys see a woman, the first thing that they notice is... I don't know. Did he even say anything? He cringed when Carrie said pussy, so...
0: Oh, my gosh. And then when they're, when Miranda and him are on their date, which also hilarious that they're on a date and she's like, my friends are coming. What did she say? She says something like um, men hate beautiful women because they're the women yeah. that have always rejected them. And I'm like, ah oh, that might be true for Scooter because Scooter does have some incel vibes. And I think she was getting to something that had not yet had a word attached to it, which was <laughs> insult. So I was like, you know what, Miranda, you're very astute. I um, see where you're coming from. My other notes are a little bit superficial. Overall, just Kim Cattrall looked great, like super beautiful. Cynthia Nixon doesn't look bad, but that haircut—I know it's like very 90s, but ugh, yeah. terrible haircut. I think she looks so much better like now than she did with that haircut. And overall, I found Charlotte to just be really bland. Oh, here's another thing with Charlotte. I just thought she was like, I don't know, independently wealthy or something. I had no idea that she actually had a job as like an art dealer or whatever. So that was me watching this.
1: What did you think of the hunks in this episode? (laughs) The hunks? Okay, so
0: Kurt, initially I was like, oh, he's kind of hot, but like... And I know the cigarette and ins- okay, let me finish <laughs> the cigarette inside thing. Didn't really like bother me too much. So like the profile shot, I was like, Oh, I guess he's kind of hot. And then we see a full face and I'm like, oh, a little toothy and also has a bad attitude and is blowing smoke out of his nostrils, which is gross. Stanford's shirt when they were having lunch, A horrific shade of green. Just really, really bad. I don't remember. Oh, it was like the Grinch green. It was so ugly. Um,
1: As a fashion
0: merchandising major, I thought you would have noticed. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, And then Capote, yeah, he was bland. Um, Mr. Big, he's just not my type. I don't not think I would well, either, you know, this about me, I'm positive that I'm going to marry a scrub one day. So Mr. Big was very much not my type. I don't want um, a young,
1: allegedly you want the next next, a, younger, Trump. a younger Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay.
0: Oh, and also, sorry, we're bouncing around a bit back to Kurt Harrington. When she went up to talk with him, I literally wanted to kill myself. She was, like, flirting with him, but in such a cringy, desperate-looking way. And Yeah, just
1: trying to play cool. That. Oh, my God. I was so, so embarrassed. At the club chaos, she runs into him again, and he's like, oh, I'm really glad that you finally get it. Was she excited about that, or was she, like... Do you think she actually she was being like I'm gonna have sex with this guy like a man and not care? But then when she saw him again and he was like, "Cool, let's oh have god. sex again," that she was upset. Is that what we're uh-huh. supposed to take from that, or that she finally figured it out? I don't know. I don't like. I didn't take away that she was upset from
0: it. I think she took away like, "Oh my god, this jo- this guy is a douchebag," and like, who cares? My <laughs> prediction is she. she could go will- away. Yeah. I think she'll probably still hook up with this man throughout the season. If I had to guess, at least this season, if I had to guess what's going to happen, she's going to hook up with this guy. And then like, weirdly, all of a sudden he's going to meet some girl and decide to settle down. And it's going to like hurt her ego somehow. That's my prediction. Mm. I don't know this, but that's my prediction. Uh, And she's going to be like, why didn't he want to settle down with me? But that was, that's just, I truly don't know if that's gonna happen, but I foresee that happening. And uh, I don't think she cared that much because I think she was like into Mr. Big. I will say, okay, so the whole thing, I, I touched on this a little bit when we were doing the recap, but like running into people, especially exes that you know at a bar. I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. times it's happened to me. Like I could go on for ages about how many times I've run into exes in New York. It is wild. How that often that wild. actually happens.
1: Do you ever ex and take the- a cigarette out of their mouth and smoke it and then give it back to them? no that's never <laughs> happened the first
0: time I oh, the first time it happened I was like a little bit devastated to be honest because I was still a fresh little baby to New York and you know I, I had um gone on a date with this guy and it was like really cute and nice, stayed the night whatever uh and he was like very handsome and Australian and you know all of the things. are you sure he wasn't British positive he was not British um <laughs> But I then went to this bar and I ran into him while he was on a date with someone else. Ooh, and
1: that was ooh, like, that ooh, thing.
0: That was like a blow to the ego. Yeah. And then, you know, I was not as learned in my ways at that point. So I like texted him maybe like two days later to be like, yeah, how's it going? Like just pretending like everything was cool and like, I didn't care. And then um, he was like, yeah, sorry. I am not ready for a relationship. It's like, okay. You only went out literally once, but that's fine. That does happen in New York a
1: lot. That's that is interesting. So that I think the most unbelievable thing about this episode is that four women who are obviously image conscious would be eating that cake. Did you see the slices of cake they were given? Giant slices of cake. Oh my goodness. I, I, I actually don't remember that part
0: for like when they're at dinner for Miranda's birthday.
1: Yeah, they cut like they cut the cake in like four. four. And they all have just like a giant piece of it. It's a quarter of a cake. Mm-hmm. No way would anybody have bought that cake. Would they be cutting it? I don't buy it. Um, My other,
0: my other thoughts, um, particularly around Mr. Big, I was getting like very Scorpio energy from him,
1: like a little mysterious, but kind of romantic. Yeah, not my thing. I really just do not understand other than to make it a plot point in the show, why Carrie would set up Skipper and Miranda. She even says he's going to hate her. And then later, or she's gonna hate him. And then later, they're at the club, and he's like, "I have to go." She's like, "I have to go rescue Skipper." Well, why would yeah. you do that? What in the was first that about? Place? Was that like a I funny,
0: a funny joke? Also, like, ugh. well, because he was like asking her to set him up with someone. So the fact that he would set her up or him up with Miranda is so disrespectful. Not- in my opinion, like that, to me shows that you have such a low opinion of your friend that you would set.
1: They're not set that's up with him. Really, my issue with the show, I don't think they're good friends to each other at all. They don't really no. even seem to have anything in common other than big women who Being single. Food and are single. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was, like, very rude.
0: Like, if my friend set me up with a Skipper situation, <laughs> I would be truly livid. I Like, I literally, in my notes here... Oh, no, let me find it. Skipper, ew, definitely insult material. Toxic nice guy. <laughs> wrote, How dare she set him up with Miranda? Miranda is not wrong. All men are assholes.
1: I wrote... Skipper and Miranda, what was she thinking? Bad friend. <laughs> really? How dare she? That
0: is so rude. Oh my goodness. Kristen, I don't think you have any friends to set me up with, but if you oh, ever do, please I would never, never have someone like Skipper.
1: I would never. I, the, <laughs> other, the last thing when she's describing at the beginning in her monologue about how Manhattan men just aren't interested in women. This is the quali- the qualification she talks about these women. They travel, pay taxes, and spend $400 on shoes. On shoes. Oh my goodness. Like, okay. Wow. Yeah. Nothing about like, they give to charity. They're good to their friends. Yeah. <laughs> they have interesting hobbies. They're well yeah. read. Not important. I think important. That she was getting at but like missing
0: the point very much was like there's a bunch of beautiful, successful women in New That's York. That's all
1: she had to say. Yeah. That's why all she had to say. I don't know
0: why you took this like weird artistic liberty and then it was like, well, so I think that that can kind of tie into our research. Like, obviously, a man wrote this show.
1: Like, a man, so
0: obviously, wrote
1: this show, but this first season was, I think, 90% female directors. Yeah. And the f- the this episode was directed by Susan Seidelman, yes. who I've seen all of her early work. Uh-huh, <laughs> she uh-huh. made a few very bad indie box office bombs in like the 2000s sure, sure. scene. Um, desperately Seeking Susan was one of them. Desperately Seeking Susan. Smithereens was her first breakout hit. Um, a really cool, it was like a grunge NYC movie that... Mm-hmm. It's very like iconic in the in its visuals and like Richard Hell is in it and mm-hmm. um Desperately Seeking Susan was also an iconic New York movie in my opinion. She got Madonna like Madonna was still like an up and coming like cool girl in New York and that she got her to star in her movie because she wanted her in there and that was right when Madonna blew up. Yeah, um, yeah, but a very very good I think underrated movie. And I think this episode does, I think in some of the like visual, I think the quality of it is probably, that's a Susan Seidelman thing. Like I read a quote that she said she wanted it to look more like a movie and not like a TV show or a sitcom. So Uh I think some of the quality might be on purpose. Okay. Because like Snithereens is very low quality.
0: Okay. Yeah, I would say, so I know it was directed by a woman, but, like, you can tell that, like, the the actual writing is a man. Oh, yeah. He's like, that's what I want in a woman. Someone who pays taxes, travels, and spends a lot of money on shoes.
1: (laughs) What what do women like? I don't know. Taxes and shoes? Sounds good. Put it down. Maybe some travel. (laughs) (laughs) And some travel. They're well-rounded. I also did
0: not realize that the show is based off of a book by
1: Candace Bushnell.
0: I had no idea that there was a book.
1: It's more like just essays that I think are sort of like Carrie's articles. Like I think later in the show, she, she Carrie writes a book and it's basically like that.
0: Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. So let's get to the scoring, uh, for the Metacritic score, uh, was 64. And then for the episode user score, it was 5.8. I'm assuming that's out of 10. Oh, That's
1: low um, for
0: Metacritic. And then for Rotten Tomatoes, critic score 44%. Audience score 71%. Um, is this for the season or the episode? For the season. They don't, okay. unfortunately, they don't have it like per episode. But since this is our first episode, I figure we can yeah, tell it at the top. Fair. I honestly, I think I agree with the critic score based on this first episode. I was not impressed. Did you enjoy
1: the watch?
0: I enjoyed it because I knew we were going to do this. But like if I was watching it with like no purpose, I would not have enjoyed
1: it. So I I watched it twice. I watched it once last night. And I did pause it halfway through because I had to make dinner. But then overall, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised at how short the episode is. Like being a HBO show, I expected it to be like a full hour, like hour. Um, yeah. but it's only twenty six minutes. And then I watched it again this afternoon. That the second watch didn't go down. It was it was hard. I was yeah. contemplating turning it off. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I just saw it, but even taking notes, it it was kind of boring. I did, yeah. There's I not didn't a lot that, that actually that. happens and there's some real cringy parts.
0: Yeah, and I can 100% confirm I never saw the first episode because I feel like I would have remembered that. Weird. It was not good. But it was a product of its time. The 90s, the late 90s was weird. What did you
1: think about the fashion? Did you notice
0: any standouts um,
1: <laughs> besides Miranda's bad hair? Miranda's
0: bad hair and always
1: a pantsuit.
0: There were a couple of things that I noted. Um, Stanford's horrific green shirt, truly, deeply upsetting. And then Carrie, when they're at chaos, she's wearing like that little like bustier style, like a leopard print dress, which was really like ugly. I liked um, (laughs) Samantha's. I liked Samantha's dress, but I was like, as a chesty lady, that would never fly for me.
1: I think overall, um, I like the way Samantha dresses the best. For sure. For sure.
0: I also like, I don't think I knew that she was like a PR executive either. Oh yeah. Um, like I knew she was you know, some sort of big wig or something, but I had no idea that she was a PR executive, so that was also new information to me. Uh, and I gotta say, it, my least favorite, oh, it's, it's a toss-up. I really don't like Charlotte or Carrie. Their personalities? Or their fashion the characters? No, no, sorry. <laughs> their personalities. I'm, I'm jumping around. Um, Charlotte's fashion, I don't really... Oh, she had that, like, she
1: had that silver dress, silver sparkly amazing, dress, that, yeah,
0: yeah, that she went was wearing when she went out with Capote. Um, that was actually I liked that. It was like very 90s, but it was cute. Her other clothes, though, I don't remember being very standout. Just very waspy.
1: Yeah, there weren't that many fashion moments in this episode. No. And I don't know if Patricia Fields did. I didn't look it up. She I like does the iconic books for the mm-hmm. show. Um, but I don't know if she was on board for the pilot. So I am like, you can uh, tell this pilot carries in a different apartment. Her hair is brown ish and like shorter. <laughs> a lot, a lot is gonna change. So. I, I'm excited to see where this goes. I feel like mm-hmm. it can only
0: go up from here. I
1: uh,
0: you know I, I did not <laughs> I did not care for this first episode. So now, our our last two items, who do you think the hero of the week was, and
1: what did you learn from the show? I think the hero was Samantha. Same. She was having the most fun. She was making the most sense. Um, what I learned, I'm not gonna say what I learned because I didn't learn anything. what i I learned to remember, I am of the very special age that when I was in college, you still smoke inside. So I remember the laws coming into place during my, my club bar days when it went from smoking to non-smoking and how just like weird and clinical bars felt for about six months. And now I just think of just the smoking inside is really, really gross. And they were when they were showing Club Chaos, like it was everybody was smoking big and Samantha were smoking cigars, which are even stinky. Like they all must have had to just burn their clothes when they left that night. Like, oh, my God. Yes. Agreed. Um,
0: I also think Samantha was the hero. It went back and forth for a little bit. I was like, maybe Miranda's the hero because, you know, as a fellow man hater, I was like, oh, yeah she's on to something but then when she left with skipper i was like no samantha again
1: yeah she i feel like her whole why are you going to be on a date with somebody either like say no and just like stay at home if you're going to bring that negativity into the night yeah i agree
0: um I think when I first watched it, I was like, "Yeah, she's telling him." But then I was like thinking about, I'm like, just don't go out,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. Just maybe you need some new friends who can. Ari is the
0: villain. Just everything about setting up Miranda with Scooter, or sorry, Skipper, is unforgivable. She is the villain of this episode. Didn't set, didn't set a good tone for me and how I feel like my feelings of Carrie are going to progress, but we will see. I will keep an open mind. What did I learn? Um, I don't think I learned anything per se, but there were a couple of things that did kind of resonate, um, that I talked about earlier. I think the like men being intimidated by powerful women thing is still a thing. It's getting better, but I do feel like that is still kind of a thing especially in New York because I think that's like very specifically a New York thing actually when I think about it because like in New York everyone's so professionally competitive um I do feel like specifically there that is an issue like when I think about like LA or even here I never really feel that way like Not to be like, I'm the most successful person in the world. You are, I mean, I'll say it though. You are extremely
1: successful. I'm pretty (laughs)
0: successful. So like, there's usually a decent chance that like, I am going to be more successful than most of the people that I go on dates with. Um, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. I'm so sorry to our zero so far listeners for sounding so egotistical, but I, I just know that like, that is always going to be a thing in LA and Chicago, mostly because I just don't think these are as career driven cities or like LA is career driven, but in a very different way, like entertainment and that kind of thing. So I was like, Oh yeah, I do remember that like really being a thing when I was in New York In LA, it's more just like if you have like a professional job that you're making a lot of money at and doing really well, um, a lot of the guys are like, well, I'm following my passion and like being a comedian or an actor. I think or whatever that's else. Worse. <laughs> uh,
1: that
0: I don't know. Worse. They're both so bad. They're both so bad. If I had to pick a city to date in, I think Chicago is probably the best.
1: Well, i glad you are there. That is like not
0: really saying much because dating is terrible everywhere. (laughs) So anyway, that was my takeaway. I was like, oh yeah, New York is definitely kind of like that where like if you are more successful than someone you're going out with, like they've weirdly take it personally.
1: (laughs) That is pretty interesting because that's something as someone who has never been single in New York, it didn't really resonate with me of... the unique kind of man in new york in manhattan yeah and i mean I think that is is a good
0: yeah in any big city there's definitely going to be like that those kind of people that were like you know they were a big fish in a little pond and now they're in new york and they're like oh i'm not a big fish in a little pond anymore so i do think that can make dating difficult because there's a lot of like unchecked egos Also dating in New York is just terrible because there's like also just unlimited options. So you're always just like, Oh, I could find someone better. And I think every person that's single in New York, not just men, even everyone falls into that trap where you're like, yeah, well, this guy was nice or this girl was nice, but like I could do better.
1: (laughs) I can totally see that.
0: So, um, final thoughts. We are going to rate this episode on a scale of one to five for its two main factors, sex and the city. Um, okay, I'll start with sex. Let's see, Carrie was really the only one they actually showed having sex, I think. Um, but I'm going to give that actually a four because she did pull a power move. Um Thanks. I do like that, um, you know, she got what she wanted and then left and was like, fuck you, Kurt. So I'm giving yeah. it four. Deductions because Miranda made out with Skipper and because Samantha went home with Capote. We didn't see any sex, but like there was implicit Gosh. sex there. So the, there's deductions. There. I revised my score. 3.5. 3.5 for ooh, sex. Ooh, okay. City, I'm going to have to go with two. Not because of like New York as a whole, but the things that we were seeing, like chaos, no thank you. That is um, not what I like in my New York City personally. So I'm gonna give it a two. Nice. Okay.
1: Um, I think for sex, I mean, I sort of agree with you. Carrie's power move was good. Oh, here's what I'm deducting points for. The story of the Australian British woman at the beginning, And that they had some good sex, and they just show her like boobs in the the twilight, and it it didn't look great to me. I forgot about uh, that. (laughs) uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, nothing that super resonated with me. So I'm gonna I'll give it a three, a generous three, because there was. There was a lot of implications. They are having sex, at least. City, they did have some city, some walking down the street shots. So Mm -hmm. I think with you, I'm going to as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I I feel like for us, like the city stuff is always going to be (laughs) low
1: because we're both such Brooklynites. (laughs) I mean, yes, but also the thing about the city is like there's so many good places and you can walk to them and like just the sort of the freedom of like the whole Manhattan and Brooklyn is just your your wonderland and I feel like a lot of that was I don't know they don't spend enough time they never read the subway I don't think they're ever on the subway in the whole series spoiler alert what Carrie's face is on the side of the bus at the beginning. I think that's the most public transportation we get. And it just, she's complaining that she has to walk home. Like, where does she live that she lives that far from the club? Oh my God,
0: wait. She lived on like 22nd and 3rd.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is everything we have for today. So thank you for joining us on our very first episode of Sorry I Can't Don't Hate Me. I hope you had some laughs. You learned about the importance of being able to have sex like a man and you enjoyed. And hopefully you will join us again next week when we review season one, episode two, Models and Mortals. It already sounds problematic and toxic and we can't wait to dive in. See you then.